You've tuned into Omega Church. We are a people hungry to encounter God through worship and His Word, being witnesses to the world around us. We pray this teaching blesses you and trust God will reveal Himself to you in a new way today. And if you need prayer for healing or breakthrough, or to find out more about Omega, head to our website or Facebook page through the links below. Let's make a proclamation. Jesus is king. Again, Jesus is king. Louder this time. Jesus is king. That's good. So we are continuing our studies on Second Peter. We are going to meditate upon just two verses this morning, 3 and 4, chapter 1. Um, if some of you have missed out on uh, verses 1 and 2, you, our podcasts are available on six different platforms. You can search and listen to them. Uh, I would encourage you to listen because it will make sense as we study together the rest of the book. So verse 3, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Now, <clears throat> many people think they are standalone verses. They have got no connection between verses 1 and 2. But when you open the Greek version, in the Greek translation, um, it begins with according as. That's the word you find there. So that simply means there's a connection between what you have studied last week. The connection is, we talked about grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So that grace and peace is going to manifest in a new way as he continues to expound upon it and talks about the through the knowledge of God and of Jesus. He, he has made it very clear that Jesus is God. And he says, through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, we are going to get it through the knowledge. So that same thing is going to continue to expound here in verses 3 and 4. So he says, his divine power, everybody said his divine power. Now that English word his does not communicate a lot. But when you look into the Greek word, it says it is something that is exclusively that belongs to God. That is something, a proprietary mark, a trademark of God is divine power. You get it? It is something exclusively that belongs to God. It's not just a relative possessive pronoun, his. Oh, it belongs to him. It's not like that. It's something exclusively that belongs to God. What marks out God as God? His divine power. His divine power. So that is divine is theos in Greek. And power is dunamin. So theos dunamin. Theos dunamin is God has power. And if you remove power, he's not God. You cannot separate God and power. God is power. And when God is power, you are going to deal with this God in a different way. You are going to understand him in a different way. You are going to relate to him in a different way. And this divine power has given. What is has given? It's a perfect, perfect tense, past perfect tense. Has given. But in the Greek, how it reads out is, the how it means is, it has been done 2,000 years ago. Perfect tense. Has been done. But it has continuing present benefits. It has got continuing present 
benefits. That means it happened 2,000 years ago, but you will experience the benefits even today. They continue. They have been continuing for the last 2,000 years. It will be today, it will be tomorrow, next year, and the year following until Jesus Christ comes. You are going to experience these benefits. The power of God is going to be demonstrated. You are going to experience the power, divine power, and that divine power has given us, has given. You know, uh, the Greek word is Dori. We, we, I thought there's one family here who named their daughter Doreen. I thought they would be encouraged, but she, they are not here today. Uh, <clears throat> that means simply means Dora is basically a gift of God. So that's a, that's a, that's a thing. <coughs> and um, remember, God is a God who gives. Tell your neighbor, God is a God who gives. And he gives abundantly. He never gives uh, like a miserly God. You know? He's just generous. He's a king. That's why I said let's all proclaim that he's, Jesus is king. Why? Because he will give out of his generosity. If he's, somebody is a king and is a miser, he's not a king. You, you get it? If so, somebody can be rich, they can be miser. But somebody cannot be king and be miserly. God is king and he gives generously. Now I want you to understand something here. There is a parable in which Jesus talks about a king who gives a mina to ten of his servants and goes away and he comes back. But one guy, he did not do, one guy, one who, he took one mina and he multiplied it to ten minas. Another guy took one mina, he made it to five minas. But one guy, he, what did he do? He went and buried it. And he said, when the master came, here is your mina. Why? Because you are a hard master. You reap where you don't sow. And where you gather where you don't scatter. So the king said, you knew I'm a hard master? Then why did you not put it with the people so I can come and collect it with interest? You wicked servant. Throw him into the you know, hell, you know, that kind of a place. Where they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now that parable, I'm not going to extensively into it. But that man's idea of God, that man's idea of God is not a liberal king. That man's idea of God is a, um, a king who is hard master, who reaps where he does not sow, gathers where he does not scatter. That idea will not make the servant to uh, do anything for the king. He will not be faithful with what king has entrusted to him. That one mina will remain as a one mina. What is your idea of God this morning? That's what, that's what I want to challenge you this morning. What is your idea of God? Is he a liberal king who gives you abundantly or is he a miserly king who doesn't give you anything? Your life will, determine, will be determined by what you believe about God. Your life will be determined by what you believe, believe about God. Is he a good king? Is he a good God? Does he give you liberally? If he is the one who is going to give you liberally, that means you are going to love him. You are going to serve him. You are going to be faithful to me. You are going to multiply what God has given you. And here he says, Peter, his divine power has given us everything. He did not say a few things. What did he give? Everything. But everything connected with what? Everything we need. Not everything you fancy. Not everything you desire. But he gives you everything you need. Whatever is your need. 
he will never deprive you he will give you what you need and what kind of needs are they need for life and godliness i tell you to understand this words life and godliness took me one whole day i was reading several places trying to understand what is this life and godliness one whole day you won't you won't believe me when i tell you but then in one place when i read that word it boom it made sense to me what do you think is life and godliness life deals with every relationship horizontally it can be wife it can be husband it can be children it can be your employer it can be your coworkers it can be marketplace your neighbor every relationship if that relationship has to be harmonious has to be loving has to be enriching he gives you power to make it meaningful to make every one of your horizontal relationships he gives you power and then godliness what is godliness godliness is a vertical relationship with god that is between you and god whatever is needed for that he will give you godliness is realization of god's abiding presence which helps us to reverence the lord and trust him godliness is you becoming aware that god is with you you becoming aware that you are not alone you becoming aware that god has he smiles on you and is with you he is continually uh, walking with you he is standing beside you psalm says in psalm 16 verse 8 i keep my eyes always on the lord with him at my right hand i will not be shaken where do you keep, where do you look to god you don't look into the space and say where are you o god he's standing right next to you fix your eye upon him and when you fix your eye upon the god who is near you will not be shaken and some other translation says you will not be put to shame and another translation says you will not fall so this is how you connect with god you have a vertical relationship with god who is in heaven but he's not just in heaven he's just standing right next to you you're walking in the marketplace he's walking with you you're sleeping in your house he's sleeping beside you you're sitting and studying your word you're sitting in one chair and studying the word he's sitting next to another chair and he's sitting with you to teach you what you're trying to understand that is our god have i said too much about god too little we can never exhaust talking about god we can never exhaust talking about god and this all this also verse means his divine power has given us everything that simply means it is from god to us it is not something you earn it's a gift tell your neighbor it's a gift to enjoy god is a gift to enjoy god is a gift and he gives it to you only when we know this god who is loving and good and liberal generous to give then life makes sense then you can touch god by faith in the same way he always existed and now we can tap into him where were you millions of years ago when god formed the whole universe where were you he was there that's the reason we talk about the one of the attributes the the, the bible talks about is he who was who is who is to come that means he fills the whole timeline of eternity to eternity 
He fills the whole timeline from eternity to eternity. And that God, you can tap into him in the present because he always existed, he is existing, he will exist. That's the reason why you can tap into him and experience him. Everybody say with me, when he calls, he enables. What does it mean? If he calls you, he will give you everything you need to accomplish what is his will for your life. What he desires you to do, he calls you and he enables you. That is this God. He gives all that we need for life and godliness. So if he calls, he enables, he provides. And then he says, through our knowledge of him, by knowing Jesus Christ. Again, the same word he used in uh, verse 2 before. Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So he's repeating it again in verse 3. Through our knowledge of him, who called us by his own glory and goodness. He called us. We don't choose God. He's the one who first chooses us. Because he chooses us, we are able to know him. So he calls. How does the call of God come upon your life? Can you reflect into your past of your life and say, this is how God revealed himself to me, that's why I'm believing in him. God's call comes to everybody. Whether there's a believer or not a believer, God's call comes. But when the unbeliever is an unbeliever, because it does not respond to the call of God. I was talking to a gentleman last week. He said, I am an atheist for 30 years. More and more I am convinced God doesn't exist. I said, best of luck. <laughs> when you close the door on God, God will not force it, forcefully doesn't open it. But I, I wasn't too forthright with him that way. <laughs> but I only hoped that one day God will still have mercy on him. So he calls. Did Peter receive his call? How did he receive his call? When Jesus was, te Jesus was teaching by the seashore, he sat in the boat and he taught the multitudes. And after he finished teaching, by then Peter and his associates, they finished the fishing business. The whole night they did, they caught nothing. And they're washing their nets. Means they're getting it ready for next use to go home. And then Jesus says, guys, Push the boat into the deep waters. And afterwards he says, now cast your net. And when they cast the net, they got so many fish that they were not able to pull it. So they had to signal to somebody who is far off their partners. Hey, come over to help us. And they come and they fill both the boats with the fish. And it, both the boats are about to sink. You can see the water coming to the edge of the boat. And then what happened? When this miracle was done, Peter fell on his knees before Jesus and he said, go away from me for I'm a sinful man. Go away from me because I'm a sinful man. That is how Jesus demonstrated his glory to this man. Call comes with glory. It does not come empty. He comes with glory and you will not miss it. And when you miss it, you will not get it again. It's hard. Anytime I miss the God's grace, 
I was seeking him. It again takes two or three years before he visits me in a, in a, in a supernatural way. We should not miss when he visits. And what did Peter see in that boat? When Jesus was sitting in that boat, what did he see? He must have seen the glory of Jesus. That's why he could say, go away from me, I'm a sinful man. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll become fish. I will make you fishers of men. That is how God is called. I tell you, many people think call of God means you get a ticket to go to heaven. Call of God is not to get to go to heaven. Call of God to bring many people into heaven. He will make you fishers of men. If you don't have a desire to speak about Jesus to someone, I doubt whether you are saved or not. You must have the innate urge to share the gospel with somebody who does not know Jesus. That is how you, we know that you are called by God. Called by God. It's not about uh, me going and telling everybody in the whole Christchurch. No, every one of you are called to be fishers of men. And I would encourage you to open your mouth and share the gospel. That is one person the coming week. Every week, pray every day. God, lead me to one person whom you are going to save. Lead me to one person. Lead me to one person. That one sentence that you pray every day, God will begin to answer very soon. That is very dear to the heart of God. You will not go unanswered by God. You can pray, ask God, Lord, give me one soul. Give me one soul. Give me one soul. That prayer, God will not say, I will not answer. That is the heart of God. What you ask according to his will, he will do it. And the call comes, called by his own, by his own glory and goodness. Own glory and goodness. In the Greek it says, glory is doxa, and erita is the virtue, goodness, erita. So it comes in these two categories. One is glory, and then his virtue. How do you understand God's virtue? The only passage that strikes me when I'm thinking about this is that a woman who was bleeding for 12 long years, spent all that she had, and she had no more money, and no more hope, alienated from family. She had no hope. But she said when she heard that Jesus is coming into her town, she said, if only I go and touch the hem of his garment, if only I touch the hem of his garment, my problem will be gone. And she cannot come openly. So secretly she somehow sneaks through the crowd and comes and approaches Jesus and from behind touches the hem of the garment. And immediately the word says, immediately the virtue came out of Jesus and entered her and the bleeding stopped immediately. That is virtue. Virtue is power. Virtue is power. It does something. When, God, when you encounter God's virtue, when you encounter God's power, something changes in you. What is of the enemy will stop. Whatever is of the enemy, it will stop because God's power enters you. How did that lady experience this virtue? By faith. You decide. You decide you want to experience the virtue of God. You decide you want to experience the glory of God. You decide you want to experience the power of God. You decide it. And when you decide it and approach him by faith and touch him by faith, the power enters you. The question is, do you have that faith? God is calling us by his virtue, by his glory and his goodness. And I tell you, it is not very easy to explain all this. 
Not very easy to explain. How do you experience the glory of God? How do you experience the virtue of God, power of God? It's very difficult to explain. But I tell you, I will give you some example. Um, think about Moses, who was walking by the Sinai mountain, and then he sees a burning bush. Many people, scientists say, oh, it is just very common for you in that region. A particular plant has a lot of oil in it. So sometimes the sun is very hot and just naturally catches fire. But when he saw this burning bush, he saw there's something strange about the burning bush. The bush itself is not burning. There's fire upon the bush, but the bush is not burnt. The branches are not burnt. That leaves are not singed. He said, I want to see what is it. So he may be going this way. And he sees the bush, and he turns toward the bush. And as he was going to the bush, he heard the words, Moses! Moses! And he stops. The ground on which you are standing is holy. Remove your sandals. It off goes the sandals. And he has an encounter with God. Encounter with God. That is how he received his call. That is how he received his call. Call so that he can deliver the Israelites from bondage in Egypt. Did Moses know when he turned to the burning bush, one day he's going to deliver two million people from slavery in Egypt and said, send them to their own uh, uh, given land by God? Uh, he didn't know all that. He didn't know all that. When Elijah was called, he was trying to be faithful to uh, Yahweh. And then one day he challenges his people, the prophets of Baal, calls them on the mountain of Mount Carmel, and then he slaughters 400 of the prophets of Baal, single-handedly. One guy, think about killing 400 people. How much strength do you need? How much you should be able to withstand? After 10 times you use your sword, you'll be tired. But this man was not tired. 400 people, he slaughtered them. And then he ties up the... Uh, the cloak around his waist, and he tells Ahab afterwards, after a while, he says, I see the cloud like a sand, sand of a, the size of a hand. Run, it's going to rain. And Ahab sets off in the best of the horses, the chariot, he's heading off towards Jezreel. And then the prophet ties the cloth, and he runs ahead of Ahab and reaches the city. Next day, Jezebel says, the queen Jezebel says, tomorrow by this time, if your head will remain on your shoulders, I will see that. It will not remain on his shoulders. And he runs and runs 600 kilometers. 600 kilometers, afraid of one woman's threat. Did he know when the call came to Elijah? Did Elijah know that one day he will be taken by chariots of fire and he will be laughing at the gates of hell and the gates of death? No, he did not know. I tell you, many of us are responding to the call of God, not knowing what God wants to do with your life. God has great plans for you. I tell you, God has great plans for you. By his glory, he's calling you. By his power, he's calling you. And he's great and mighty God. Don't throw your life away. Getting up, eat your breakfast, go for work, come back, play with the children, watch some TV, catch up with the news. Again, read some Bible just for, to satisfy your heart. Otherwise, your heart will say, did not read Bible. So five minutes to read Bible, two, two minutes, minutes for prayer, and go to bed, get up again, go through the That's not for what, why God has chosen you. God has chosen to experience his power and glory. His power and glory. His power and glory. That is what he's calling you to experience. There was one man, Paul, who was Saul, and he was persecuting the church of God. 
As he was persecuting the church of God, he took the authority to arrest the believers in uh, uh, Damascus and he approaches the city of Damascus in the middle of the uh, mid midday, brighter than the midday sun. The, he saw the light brighter than the midday sun and his eyes became blind. He fell to the ground. Did he know that he will become one of the greatest of apostles? Even I would rate him better than the 12 God has chosen, the Jesus has chosen while he was on earth. Because he accomplished much, suffered much, taught much, wrote much, received revelation much. That is the call that comes with glory. Why there is only one Peter? Why there is only one Moses? Why there is only one Paul? Because that call comes to every one of us. But we don't respond to that call. What do you want to do with your call this morning? What do you want to do with this call? Because this call comes with power. This call comes with power. You must be able to say no to the world and the sin, the attractions of the world. We'll talk about it very soon. What is your encounter with glory and virtue of Jesus Christ? Have you been called by his glory and virtue? What is your experience? My heart is churned inside. I cannot tell you, many people miss the call of God as in life. <sighs> Verse 4. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises. What is it through this? Through this, through his glory and goodness. Through his glory and goodness, he gives you precious promises. So that through them, you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Through this, he has given us his very great and precious promises. The promises are great and precious. The promise is great and precious. Tell your neighbor, the promise is great and precious. Do you have any value for them? Do you have any value for them? When you have a promise that will motivate you, you will run after it. When the vision came to uh, Habakkuk in the Old Testament, he said, write it upon a tablet so that whoever reads it may run with it. When his promise comes to you, when his promise comes to you, you will run with it. You will run with it. There was times people used to ask me, I used to have a friend who used to ask me, you know the Bible so well, what are you doing with all your knowledge? I said, I'm waiting. He said, what, what are you waiting for? I said, I'm, I'm trying my best, but no door opens for me. What can I do? Unless the, God, the Lord opens a door for me. And he fought with me and used very harsh words that I stopped talking for a month. Though we were working together every day, going to the same place and working, I didn't want to talk to him because he, I was hurt by the words. And I thank God for it. Because that is the time you evaluate what you're doing with what God has given you. 
So here we are. We need to take these promises. Every revelation from God that you receive, it comes with power. I was just reflecting on my life. In the year 1987, I almost forgot the year. I had to ask one, um, he was a student at that time. Now he's a grown-up man. I sent him a text. I said, I visited your city to share a message. Do you remember the year I visited you? Well, I forgot. So he said, anywhere between 85 and 87. I think it is 87. Okay, that's 1987. So that's where I pick up the year, 1987. I heard these words flashing my mind. When I was struggling with difficulties, I was not able to prepare a message. I had to speak tomorrow, and I'm struggling hard. For one month I struggled, I could not prepare a single word. And tomorrow I had to preach. And today I'm sitting here reading a secular novel. And the power goes. That's very common in Asian countries. Power goes. And once the power is gone, I cannot sit there in the darkness. I look, I see there's a power on the other side of the road. So I said, okay, I'll go have a cup of tea in the restaurant and come back. As I'm standing on the road, the roads are so busy, you just can't cross. You got to be very careful. Otherwise, you'll be run over by some car or um, two-wheeler or anything can hit you. So I was waiting there for an opportunity to cross. And it flashed in my mind. I cannot describe you what it is. It's something like fiery letters. It's something like golden letters. It flashed in my mind and said, you're not struggling with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers. You're not struggling with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers. When that flashed in my mind, that struggle for one month is gone in one second. I knew God took over my life. So standing on the road, I said, God, you have taken control of my life. I know it. When I go on the other side and order the cup of tea, let the power go on the other side as well. I know then that you are doing these things for me purposefully. I shout, I mean, I tell the guy, get me one tea. And he shouts back to the guy who makes the tea, hey, chai. And then there's a square rectangular window in the wall. And that guy will put the tea on that, on that gap. And he goes and picks it up, turns towards me. One step he puts Power goes there. It's all dark. I said, God, I thank you that you have condescended to my request. Remove the power there. Minister to me through the Holy Spirit. Remove the power here. When I go home, I need power. Otherwise, I will not be able to prepare. So when I come home, take a bath, spread the mat, light the candle, kneel down. Power comes back. I praise God, read the Bible, prayed. Then I began to prepare for next day. The whole night, as much as I could, I finished. I had to take a four-hour ride, train ride. I finished the, another book, reading the book and getting some information. Got down from the train, had lunch and spoke. Powerfully, the Lord ministered to people through the word. Why am I giving this example? When his word comes to you, it comes with power. No promise comes to you without power. What have you done with what God has done with you already? Don't tell me I never heard God's voice. You will hear it. You have heard it. You are sitting here today because you heard that voice, because that power has drawn you, because there's a call upon your life. You have been drawn by God. Like Moses, who was in, disinterested, was interested in the sheep and goats and cows and whatever, but the burning bush drew him to God. So there may not be a very spectacular experience like the burning bush, but God has drawn you, otherwise you're not sitting here. His call is upon your life. But what are you doing with this call? What are you doing with this call? So his precious and great promises. 
This is the same word used in uh, 2 Peter 3, 13. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. The promises, the same word used there. The end is we become partakers of divine nature. By all this process, what God is trying to uh, aim is so that you will partake in divine nature. Everybody say divine nature. That is the purpose for which God has selected you. That's the purpose which God has chosen you. That's why he has called you. That you may become like God. That you may become like God. In the Old Testament, you see people, they said, we will let us build a tower so that we can reach up to the heavens. And the Tower of Babel was built. That is from the devil. That idea is from the devil. It is not your effort to reach God. It's God who comes down to you. That's the, that is the biblical um, revelation. God comes down to you. That is God's way of doing it. You not reaching to God by your own effort. The whole world is filled with religions and philosophies where man puts effort to reach God. And Bible says you cannot reach by your efforts. God comes down to you in the form of Jesus Christ. So what is it like partaking the divine nature? What do you want to do with this divine nature? How do you experience the divine nature? If he has called you by his glory and goodness to experience, to, be, to partake in the divine nature, how do you do it? We need to know how. If you don't know how, you can read this Bible, you can listen to the message, go back and do nothing about it. That's the reason why I asked the Lord to teach me. Teach me a word. Teach me a word. Teach me a word. This is my constant cry during the week. God said, let there be light. There was light. When God said, let there be light, there was light. And the same God says, if you have faith like a mustard seed, and you speak to the mountain, be uprooted, go cast it in the sea, and you do not doubt, believe that what you are going to say, you are going to receive, it is yours. That word and that word. The word it says, God said, let there be light. There's no difference between that word and the one who says, you have faith like a mustard seed. Come on the mountain to be removed. Both are the same. Both have origin in God. When you begin to exercise your faith like a mustard seed and remove the mountain, you are partaking the divine nature. What is the problem that you're going through in your life? When you command it in the name of Jesus, I command this problem to go out of my life. And when the problem ceases in your life, you have partaken in the divine nature. Have I communicated anything to you? You understand what I said? Can you give me an amen for that? God wants to demonstrate the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Fruit of the Holy Spirit. When you have all the nine fruit of the Holy Ghost, you are representing God. You are showing the divine nature to the world. The fruit of the Holy Ghost. And when you move in the gifts of the Holy Ghost, you are demonstrating the power of God to the world. This is God's plan for you. That you bear the fruit of the Holy Ghost. You demonstrate the gifts of the Holy Ghost. That is God's divine plan for you. But there is another religion in the world. There is another church in the world that says they are ceased. You cannot walk in them anymore. That's a false gospel. You might say, how do you know it? I belong to that group for 35 years. 
1977 to 2010, I was an evangelical. Even though God spoke to me several times, I did not respond to it. I did not run with it. In the year 2010, the word of the Lord came to me again in his mercy. 1977 to 2010 is 33 years. That's why I say, when the call comes, you don't miss it. You miss it, you will be waiting for it to come to again. You'll be longing for it. You'll be yearning for it. You are saying, oh God, speak, speak, speak. It does not come. In his mercy, it comes again. He visits you. Because God is full of mercy. He's a God who wants to give you. He's not wanting that you must beg for it. No, he has paid for it all on the cross 2,000 years ago. It's up to you whether you want to tap into it. It's like a river flowing. It was there 10 years ago. It was there 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago. That river was there. But you are now at the standing at the river. It is your desire to taste it. You can desire, you can taste it. You don't want to drink from the river, then you are going to be thirsty. That river is flowing continuously. Do you want to taste this water? Do you want to quench your thirst? God is that eternal river. Do you want to taste him? God became man so that man can partake of God. Say to your neighbor, God became man so that you can partake in God. John 3.13 no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. I have always been puzzled about the ladder that Jacob saw in the Old Testament, the book of Genesis. When he had the encounter with God, when God encountered him, he took a small stone, used it as a pillow, put it under his head and was sleeping. And he had a dream and he saw a ladder from heaven to earth connecting. And he saw angels of God ascending and descending. Angels of God ascending and descending. I always wondered why it should be ascending and descending, not descending and ascending. For decades I have been wondering, 30, 40 years I wondered about this word. Why does the word say ascending and descending, not descending and ascending? Because angels are in heaven, they have to descend and ascend. But here the, uh, that uh, ladder says, on the ladder, Jacob saw angels of God ascending and descending. Jesus is the ladder. Who is the ladder? He connects heaven to man, to earth. And the angels of God that Jacob saw are representing you and me. You have to ascend and descend. You are a man who will ascend into heaven and partake in the divine nature and come down and demonstrate the divine nature to the people. Does it make sense? Last night I tell you, it was a blast. I was, uh, same, what I'm preaching is what I go through. I struggle with the scripture to understand it. And when the revelation comes, when the light comes, oh, the lightness you feel, that burden goes, that struggle you had for 30, 40 years, it's just gone like that. And I said, oh God, I thank you for this revelation. You are the ladder and you have come. You're connecting God to man and man cannot connect with God any other way except this ladder, Jesus Christ. You don't have Jesus, you have no connection with God. And you can ascend and partake in the given nature and descend and demonstrate the power of God. Jesus said the same thing to Nathaniel. You will see heaven open. What will you say when you see heaven open and angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man? It is through Jesus you can experience heaven. 
through Jesus, you can experience the divine nature and power. You can, through Jesus, you can experience all that Peter is talking about. And Peter had his own encounter in that boat. Peter had a more powerful encounter on the Mount of Transfiguration. He had a more powerful encounter. And he had a more powerful encounter on the day of Pentecost. I tell you, God is calling us to increasing revelation, increasing encounters of power with God. Are you wanting to pursue this God? Do you want to follow this God? Do you want to long for this God? How much is the hunger in your heart? How much is the hunger in your heart? Sometimes you eat something and you think you are now saying, hunger, I have answered you, keep quiet. But after five minutes, you feel more hungry because you ate little. If you didn't eat anything, probably you would not be hungry. But because you ate little, it triggers more hunger in you. I tell you, it should be like that. When you taste God, when you see God, when you encounter God, when you feel God, when you experience God, it should be insatiable desire for more of God. It should be unending desire for more of God. It has to be that strong longing for God. I tell you, when you do not have the longing for God, I will wonder whether you knew this God at all in the first place. If you are complacent and you are so laid back and you are so cold about everything, I will wonder whether you know this God at all. And Peter is giving an invitation to experience this God. And he says through this, that is through his goodness and through his glory, through his doxa and his erita, through these he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by the evil desires. When you have this encounter with God, you will say no to what? You will escape from the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Another version says through lust, by lust. Your lust will come to an end. When you touch God, lust goes, goes down completely. You are loose from the lust. Either you know God or knowing, increasingly knowing God, you are running after, hungering more and more, or you will be captured by the lust and corruption in the world. If you don't escape from the corruption in the world, you will not be able to enter into this other experience. They both cannot exist. They both cannot coexist in your heart. You cannot be saying one moment, oh, I am filled with God. I am experiencing heaven. Another moment, go after lusting after somebody. No. They are not, they are mutually exclusive. You cannot have both together in your life. You cannot have both together in your life. Either you are experiencing the glory of God or you are experiencing the tasting the corruption in the world. You are experiencing the power of God or you are tasting the uh, lust of the flesh in the world. You cannot have both. The divine nature will eradicate corruption of lust. Our corruption of lust will eradicate divine nature. We are going to partake in the communion now. I will request uh, the Rao and uh, Benjamin and Gus to come and help us with that. And just before we go, go into the go into the communion part, I just want to want you to think about what we have heard this morning. I want you to respond to the word. And as after you respond to the word, the elements will be brought to you and you partake in it meaningfully. Because as you partake in these elements, 
as you partake in the body and the bread of Christ, you become one spirit with Christ. And when you become one spirit with Christ, any other spirit that is in you has to go. Recently, last week, I was dealing with somebody who has got a spiritual husband. I said, when you have a spiritual husband or a spiritual spouse, it is, you will be having dreams of uh, somebody coming and violating you in the, in the bed, and a man will be meeting a woman in the dream, or a woman will meet man in the dream. They come and forcefully have sex with you, or arouse you, arousal, and all kinds of things happen. I was dealing with one of those spirits. I told the spirit, that person is one spirit with Christ. When by faith you are one spirit with Christ, Christ is your husband. All other spirits have to go. As you partake in it, partake in it meaningfully. That, that you have to overcome that lust. You have to overcome the lust. You have to partake in the divine nature. And one of the grace means God has provided is the communion. As you partake in it, don't eat a piece of bread. Don't just drink a little bit of juice. No. God's purpose is you must partake in the divine nature. As you partake in Jesus, as you eat his flesh, as you drink the blood, you become one spirit with him. That divine power will enter you now if you are taking part in God by faith. I am not trying to make it a religion out of it. No. You got to do things meaningfully. Otherwise, you will eat a piece of bread, eat a bit of juice and walk out. I want you to partake in the in the communion. You are partaking the body and the bread of Christ. And you become one spirit with him. When you become one spirit with him, you will experience the divine nature. And that divine nature will put down the corruption that's in the world. Shall we close our eyes? Sharaka Bastarano. Mahasandra Nastu. Rahade Karaka Sandrano. Rushandabarano Rohustokurano. Rishandara Saktaro Rohusavarano. Sakara Bandabarano. Samar Saktokurano. Rishandabari Saktaro. Rika Saktabori Bharo. Mahara Sakasandara Sokurono. Rihandavastokuroni. The Lord says right now, when you experience me, all your bitterness will go. And your experience will become sweeter. When you experience me, Light will come into you. All darkness will depart. When you partake in the divine nature, you will not be shy of my being my disciple. You will become like a lion full of bravery and you will roar like a lion and take the gospel to somebody who is perishing. And you want to partake in this divine nature. You want to partake in Jesus Christ, his body and the blood. You want to become one spirit with him. Just stand where you are. The elements will be brought to you. And then take it and hold it in your hand. We'll all together partake in it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You want to partake in this Jesus, in his body and the blood. And you want to experience the divine nature and power. Stand where you are. And the elements will be brought to you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's pray for those elements right now. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we thank you for your broken body and the shed blood. As your children are partaking in it, Father, I pray by your Holy Spirit, as they eat the piece of bread, let them participate, partake in the body of Christ. As they drink that little bit of juice, the grape juice, I pray that it will turn it into blood. And let them become one spirit with you. Let your divine nature 
invade the spirit soul and body let your power invade the spiritual body spirit soul and body to the glory of your name bless your children oh god let them have an encounter with you and i pray as they become one spirit with you every spirit not of the holy ghost to leave them in jesus mighty name as they become one spirit with you i command every demon to leave them in jesus mighty name every oppressing spirit to leave them in jesus mighty name let the power of god invade them in the mighty name of jesus thank you lord father for sending your son in jesus name amen keep standing as our elements will be brought to you thank you jesus sharaka vastakron rohoro boro banda sevrastakron maharasanda kashrastakron rihashaktare seregi saraka bahasakron tikaravarana mandastakrin Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank for your love that's running after us. Thank for your goodness that's running after us. Thank you, Jesus. You're the light of the world. Thank you, Jesus. You are called us by your glory and your goodness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As your children partake in the body and the bread, let it be meaningful for them. Let them encounter you, Lord. let them sense your glory let them sense your power let them sense your call on their life to live for you rishara bahastaro karano mandaste sakara sandaste karano rahashaktare bharano mahasandara karano mandaste karoni rishanda varaste karoni koronda saviro shakta karo shakaste karoni rikara varana mandaste reste kiren rohoro varano mandaste reste karoni thank you jesus hallelujah 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 Kororo borona mandaste sabrasta kuroni Shakara vasta kuroni Roho bor bandaste sabrasta kuroni Thank you Jesus Thank you Jesus Let's partake together in Jesus name Let's give thanks. Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who has come into the world so that we can become like God, to partake in the divine nature, to become like God. Oh God, we thank you for this call that has come with promises and power. And now your children have become one spirit with you by partaking in your flesh and your drink and, and your blood. Holy Spirit come with power upon the children empower them now empower them now empower them now whatever is troubling them whatever is pulling them in the world may drop off our oh godfather from them just like a garment in the name of Jesus everything not of the holy spirit to drop off their bodies and their souls now in Jesus mighty name thank you lord now father i pray let your love draw them Let your mercy draw them. Let your glory draw them to you. And I pray that they'll pursue. And you'll start that hunger in them. To long for you. To know you. To read your word. To pray in your presence. I pray that you'll set them on fire this morning. To the glory of your name. Let your glory come upon them, O God Father. To the glory of your name. Thank you again for feeding us the body and the blood of Christ. Bless your children. In Jesus' mighty name.
Thanks for joining us at Omega. If you need prayer for healing or breakthrough, or simply to find out more, please head to our website or Facebook page in the links below.